Joseph Hunter, and this is Writer's Therapy, a place for us to think about writing, talk about writing, and get writing out of our systems. Let's talk about practicalities. The thing about writing is that at a certain point, you have to start putting it out there into the world. You know, a lot of people would probably say that with writing fiction, the most important thing is the writing itself. Um, that may be true, obviously. If you don't have any writing, then you've got nothing you can do anything with. But for me, the writing is not the most difficult part. That's just something that you learn over time to do every day or most days as a kind of payment for a future fortune. I once read an interview with Hemingway, I think it was actually his Art of Fiction interview with George Plimpton, where he said that he has a stack of paper in the room where he writes. On top of that paper is a clip to hold them down that says, this must be paid. Sorry, that says these must be paid. So you're putting this stuff by as a kind of saving for a future fortune, but at some point you've got to spend that fortune, i.e. you've got to try and submit your writing. Uh, this is very pertinent to me at the moment because it's something I've been struggling with in the last couple of weeks. So I want to talk practically about what it is that you're doing as in the actual steps you have to take if you submit your work and why I'm finding it difficult. So for those who don't know, when you want to submit your work, unless you already have a literary agent, what you need to do is submit your work to a literary agent speculatively and package it up in a certain way for them to look at. The way that you do this is you will have to, first of all, find a list of literary agents somewhere. The easiest way that I've found to do that is a publication that gets published every year called the Writers and Artists Yearbook. I just bought the most recent copy. And as well as kind of interesting essays and types of advice for writers, it also has listings of literary agents, those who are accepting submissions, what kind of thing they're looking for and their contact details. So this is an invaluable resource. Now, if you're obsessive like me, what you'll probably do is you'll, you'll go through, you'll select maybe a few dozen literary agents that seem appropriate, people who are looking for stuff that's like what you're writing or at least similar enough for it to be worthwhile sending it to them, and you'll create a spreadsheet like I did, and you'll then start going through and submitting to them. Now, actually, Making the selection of literary agents to submit to is one of the easiest parts of this because that's just a case of finding contact details. The difficult parts come afterwards. So you've got your piece of work that you want to submit and the way that you do that is you have to send them an extract from the work. So usually that will be the first three chapters, the first 50 pages. They're quite common, sometimes the first 10,000 words. Every literary agent has slightly different requirements. So you have to look at what they've said that they want. So maybe you send them the first three chapters. Now that should be easy enough because you've already got the writing ready if you're about to send it out. But one of the other things that you need to do, which I found quite difficult, is that you have to then write a synopsis to send with it. And this is usually a one-page synopsis of the entire plot of the book. And it's a lot more difficult than you probably think it's going to be. Just to boil down everything that happens in your book to a synopsis which fits on one page without missing anything important out, 
but also without going into too much depth about any one part of the plot is incredibly difficult. It's difficult because, you know, a lot happens in a book, but also to get it distilled down to one page means simplifying in a way which seems to me very crude. It's kind of like turning your writing into the barest form. You know, it's literally the bones of the thing. And it can seem very stark, you know, it seems to suddenly it lacks all elegance and certainly all complexity because it's just the mechanical details of the plot. And it's quite a kind of harrowing is probably a too strong a word, but it is a very difficult experience. There's no joy in writing something like that. And it's so reductive. I mean, it's literally an exercise in reduction that it can make you feel very strangely about the thing that you've written. Or at least for me, that's the experience that I've had. But that's probably not even the most difficult thing. The next thing is that you have to write a cover letter to send to the literary agent. And this I find a very strange document, a strange article to have to create. Because you want it to be readable. I mean, you're a writer, you want the the email to kind of leap off the screen. So you want it to have personality, you want it to have some elements of who you are as a writer. You also need to then sell the book. You've got to basically explain why this book is interesting. Not, not just what it's about, but, you know, some of that. You've got to give some details of what the book's about, the kind of the emotional core of it, perhaps, or, or the kind of conceptual core, but also why it's timely, uh, potentially what, what, what other books it's similar to, what other writers you are similar to, in your opinion. And all of this stuff I find very difficult. You know, for example, take uh, comparing yourself to other writers. You know, if you read interviews with literary agents, you'll find them saying very different things from one another. You know, some will say, oh, I hate it when I get submissions from people comparing themselves to this or that writer, you know, kind of implying that the arrogance of it to compare yourself to this or that writer. The other thing is that you find them saying things like, well, if they're similar to so-and-so, then I'm not interested because I want something different. But then other writer, other, sorry, other literary agents will find it very useful to be able to make a comparison with other writers because they'll think, well, if that person's sellable, then maybe this person is too. So they all want different things. It's often hard to find out what it is that that particular literary agent wants. And just distilling your own personality almost, your own personality, your own aims for writing fiction, the, the specific thing you're sending to distill all that into a paragraph here and a paragraph there, I find that very difficult. It never feels like I'm doing enough. But then I also don't want to waffle. I also um, think that I'm probably not alone in finding it sometimes very difficult to tell other people what my writing is about. And that's not because I don't have anything that I'm trying to write about. Obviously, I have you know, there are themes and things, sometimes they emerge afterwards or you realise what they are afterwards, but there are always things at the core of what you're writing. There's always a reason why you're writing something. It's not just to fill pages, it's it's to explore ideas. But, you know, often there are lots of ideas and, and, and it's hard to, as something that you're very close to because you've written it yourself, to figure out what the most important things are. You know, what is the thing that really is the thrust of this piece of writing? And that's the job of a cover letter is you have to give that to these people. And I find it extremely difficult. I also find it difficult to pitch myself and to sort of explain my background. Now, I'm 34. I've had an entire career in advertising. I don't consider that to be particularly relevant uh, in terms of it feeding into my writing. So do I tell them that? Do, do I explain what I've been doing all this time? Do I, you know, talk specifically about my life now and, and, and you know, my house. I, I, I have previously submitted work a long time ago. Now, a few years ago, I submitted the first novel that I completed, which in hindsight wasn't ready and, and didn't, to be honest, really have much of a point to it. Uh, but I submitted that to, to a number of literary agents. And at the time I talked about, you know, my pet cat and things and where I was living and my partner, Beth. And 
I, I don't know why I did that. I suppose I, I wanted to give them some flavour of my personality. But that gets into another troubling part of this for me, which is the whole idea of selling yourself, which is unpleasant to me for personal reasons, which is that, as I've just mentioned, I did previously have a career in advertising. And I left that career for a reason, which is that I got sick of trying to sell myself and other things. I always liked the work. I was an advertising creative. I liked coming up with ideas. I liked writing scripts. I liked coming up with concepts for things. But I didn't like the majority of the job, which was selling my ideas to people. And not literally, as in financially, but but trying to persuade other people that they were worth um, commissioning was most of the job. You know, all the kind of political side of it was what I hated. And that's what submitting to literary agents feels like to me. It feels like you're turning something which you really care about, i.e. writing, into a product. And at the same time, you're having to try and turn yourself into a product, into a marketable entity. And it feels deeply unpleasant to me. Not because I'm ethically against it as such, because I understand that it's necessary. It's more that I don't have the drive to do it. That's not why I'm doing this. I'm not writing so I can sell my writing to people. I'm writing because it gives me joy to do it and because I think I have things to say. Now, if other people find something useful in the writing, that's great. That's kind of the point as well. But to get to that point, you have to go through this kind of marketization of your writing and yourself that makes me uncomfortable and that I basically find very difficult. I suppose there's something else that I struggle with, with submitting to literary agents and thinking about trying to get my work published, which is that I have a technique for getting myself to do things that are difficult, which is that I say, well, just do a version. It was my motto when I worked in advertising. It, you, you know, if you're finding it hard to get started, you think, well, I'll just do a version. I can always change it. Just do a version, get it out there. It doesn't have to be any good. Now, that's a very useful technique, but what it isn't is um, uplifting. It doesn't make you think, yes, this is brilliant. This is going to go out there. It's going to do wonders. And that seems to me to be something that a lot of successful writers have in common, which is that they're able to visualize themselves in successful situations. They're able to visualize their work being successful. And that basically is something that I struggle with. It's not because I don't think my work is any good. It's just that I've trained myself not to get my hopes up, basically, is a crude way of putting it, is to think, well, you know, maybe nothing will happen with it, but that's okay, I'm doing it for other reasons. But when it comes to having to get my work out there and trying to get it published, that, I think, is starting to get in the way a bit. You know, I have to think enough of my work that I believe that it's good enough to be published. And that means having quite a high opinion of it, basically. I recently was talking to someone about the work of Bernadine Evaristo, who wrote Girl, Woman, Other, which won the Booker Prize last time, uh, the year before Shuggy Bain. First ever black woman to win the Booker Prize. I've heard great things about the book. I haven't read it myself, but a friend of mine really enjoyed it. And he was telling me that, that Evaristo is into positive affirmation. This is a very American thing. A lot of Americans are into it, where you basically tell yourself that you're going to be a great success and you visualize yourself in that successful situation. And uh, I came across an interesting interview with her where she talks about this. And I'm going to read a quote from that interview. In this interview, which was with the Short Story Award website, she says, In my 30s, I went on several personal development courses in order to improve my life and progress my career. One of the most effective ones was called Mindstore, where I learned to set what would be considered unrealistic goals 
as opposed to more easily achievable ones. I picked up strategies I still use to this day such as meditation, writing positive affirmations and creative visualisations, i.e. visualising the future you want for yourself as if you already have it. I've never written to win prizes, that would be wrong, but many years ago I did have the Booker Prize in my sights as a desirable goal because I knew it would be a game changer for my career. I wanted my writing to reach a wide readership. I told no one about this because they would have said I was being unrealistic. In my experience, people project their own limitations onto you when you dare to have big ambitions. It's best to keep your goals to yourself, especially in the UK. If you're not strong enough, it can weaken your resolve. I play my cards very close to my chest. My vision for my career is too precious to let loose among the naysayers. Don't feed your dreams to the lion. Now, I think there are some admirable sentiments there. And if anything, I envy Evaristo for her inner confidence. Because I have to say that I don't think that my dream is precious. I don't think that it's too precious to be exposed to naysayers. I don't have that big an opinion of myself, basically. Um, and I suppose that might be a problem. Um, that kind of inner confidence is really useful. Um, it scares me slightly. I wouldn't like to feel like that about myself and my work, because I think that, that, I, that, that it would potentially limit the way I see life. If I'm constantly thinking about myself as having dreams of, of greatness, then I would lose sight of the fact that life isn't about greatness. <laughs> life is about mundanity. And when I say mundanity, I don't mean boring things. I mean everyday things. You know, constantly seeing yourself at a future point, a future point of success, is a very odd way to live, in my opinion. But now I wonder if that's a problem. You know, you could argue it worked for her. You know, I, I would perhaps suggest that it worked in spite of those inner ambitions. <laughs> um, because writing that's written, as she says herself, writing that's written with ambition in mind um, is probably going about things the wrong way. You can't write for prizes. You can't write for success, I don't think. If anything, it seems that that would get in the way. But perhaps what she's saying is that you've got to sustain yourself when you don't have success. And the way that she's found to sustain herself is you know, going on what sound like self-help courses and telling herself that she's going to be successful, visualizing that success as if she already has it. And I envy that because it's something that I just can't do. But I'm starting to wonder if maybe I need to start doing that.